Welcome to Birth Stories in Color, a podcast creating community for people of color to share and learn from birth stories of all types. We're your hosts, Laurel Gurrier and Danielle Jackson. Today's episode features Dana Rubin. We love it when the ancestors connect with us during our birth journeys. Dana expressed that her grandmother had nine children in the Caribbean islands, all home births. And during her pregnancy, she thought about her a lot, and her first son was born on her birthday, where she would have been 100 years old. Having two births grounded in calm and connection to her body, Dana now supports other birthing persons in achieving a blissful birth experience without fear. Hello, Dana. Welcome to the show. Hello, Laurel and Danielle. Thank you so much for having me on your show. I'm honored. Yes. We are happy to have you, for sure. Can you start by telling us a little bit about yourself and your family? Yes, definitely. So my name is Dana Rubin, and um, I'm somewhat of a late bloomer. I met my husband uh, right around after 34. We got married at 36 years old. Uh, He's only six months older than me. Uh, We had our firstborn at 38 and our secondborn at 40. (laughs) And we did meet at work. Uh, Right after college, I just had a lot of corporate careers, uh, but they didn't feel like careers. They felt more like jobs. And uh, I was always looking for the next level of passion. And uh, I found it later in life after I gave birth. Um, I used hypnosis for birth. uh, We actually call it uh, hypnobirthing or uh, blissborn hypnosis for birth. And that changed my life. It rocked my world. And I became um, an actual hypnosis coach for people and for families that are looking for a real deep way to tap into their, their subconscious mind and have the birth that they want to have. Mm-hmm. Love all of that. <laughs> um, so you have two stories to share with us and you can share however you want. You can um, start off by sharing one and then the next, but can you start off by telling us a little bit about your pregnancy? Yes, yes. So gratefully and very thankfully, I did have two wonderful pregnancies. Um, I threw up once with each birth, uh, and it was later in the pregnancy, and it was just a food combination that I should not have eaten together. So for me, I had really good pregnancies. Um, I had both uh, both my uh, sons. So boys tend to give you back pain and a lot of back labor. So I didn't realize that until after my second son was born that I was having back labor. Um, But the pregnancies were were very good, very manageable. Um, And my second birth was, my second pregnancy was ideal because I didn't gain not one pound. I actually had uh, weight to lose. So I stayed the same weight throughout the entire pregnancy. I lost weight on my own. The baby gained weight. And my midwife was like, as long as the baby's gaining weight, you're good. So I, I, I ended up losing weight and he ended up being completely fine when he was born. So I thought that was awesome. So I, I couldn't ask for anything better. <laughs> uh, then the pregnancies were really good. And they're, when I was pregnant, I did focus on having a, a natural birth. My husband and I were both interested in um, the least intervention possible. We both don't like to really be in the hospital or take drugs or um, have anything affect the baby. So, you know, I, I barely took Tylenol. I only took it if I needed it. Um, you know, whole, whole foods and everything that is, is wholesome because that's just the way we we work. And it worked out very well. And when I was 
when right before I got married, my one of my friends uh, did hypnosis for birth, and I didn't even know that existed. Um, I knew a lot about hypnosis, and I knew a lot about past life regression. I became a past life past life regressionist uh, for. <clears throat> for one of the my, my side passions that I got into and I just thought uh, you know this sounds like something I can do for for birth and then as you mentioned with the ancestors my grandmother my maternal grandmother she had nine children on the islands and then my paternal my father's side she had five children so I come from this lineage of, of women that just did it they did it they didn't complain about it and they just made it happen and I I knew I had that in my blood, so I knew I could, I could do that. And I think all women have that in, in their blood, is even if it's um, someone that they don't know, five, six generations past, you still have it, that, and you can still do it. So we did the hypnobirthing class. We did a different class than my friend um, and had enrolled in, but it was one that would just, it would just fit into our schedule. It was on the weekend and just made sense. So we took this class in March and my guest date, I don't say my due date anymore because only 5% of babies are actually born on the due date. So due date is really a, just a guest date. My guest date was June 16th and he came a week early. <clears throat> so on Tuesday, I was still working throughout my, well, both pregnancies working, um, from like 7.30 a.m. to 5 p.m., very long, long day. Uh, I went to the um, OB at the time and she checked me. She said I was one centimeter dilated on a Tuesday. I'm like, I could be one centimeter dilated for weeks. So I was like, okay, I'm gonna, I went to work the next day. I came home, I cooked dinner. You know, I do all the things that you do on a regular day. And then, Thursday came and I woke up at 5.30 in the morning and I woke up to a tug tug splash. And I'm like, what is that? <laughs> I went to the bathroom. Obviously a lot of pregnant women go to the bathroom all the time because you have to pee, but this was completely different and I knew it was. So as I get into the bathroom, I could feel the, my water breaking basically. I was very fortunate that I, as soon as I got on the toilet, it, it completely came through and it, came, it, it kept um, gushing, it was like a flood. I'm like, okay, this is, yeah, this is happening. So I woke up my husband and I'm like, I don't need to wake you up, but I think we're having the baby. He's like, what? <laughs> so he woke up. Our hospital bag was partially packed. So we had that going um, and we have a pet. Um, so we had to, you know, put her away and arrange with the neighbors. We had already talked to everybody about it. My contractions were around 20 minutes apart. Um, and by the time we left and we were walking to the car, they were right around five minutes apart. I was like, oh man, this is gonna be interesting. The car, the car ride was 40 minutes long and I had three minute contractions th throughout the entire car ride. The good thing was that because I had practiced the hypnosis for birth so diligently, um, and it was so easy to practice because it was just putting recordings in my ears and putting my earbuds on right before I go to sleep. So I was actually doing it in my sleep. That's how your subconscious mind works. It, I was able to really manage every single contraction. So we get to the hospital. I held my, my husband's hand the whole way. And as I walked out um, of the car, I started to transition. And I was like, wow okay, we got to get inside right now. And we get inside, the nurse looks at me, 
And she's like, okay, come over here and fill out some paperwork because you're, you know, with hypnobirthing, you are calm. You know how to get into that state, that zone, just like connect. And I just, I was thinking, she's out of her mind. <laughs> I'm not filling out any paperwork. I'm like, he's coming. She's like, okay, let me check you. She, she's like, this is your first birth, right? Because most first births, they don't, they don't um, happen that quickly. She checks me, I'm 10 centimeters dilated. She's like, oh my goodness, we have to get you to labor and delivery. So they took me in the bed up to labor and delivery. My sister, my mom, they work at the hospital. And those are one of the reasons why I wanted to be in a hospital environment at my first birth. Um, my OBGYN, I knew her for 15 plus years and I just felt really comfortable. Yes, it was 40 minutes away from my house, but we just made it work. So we get into the room and you know, that everything's progressing. And um, I started asking for certain things and no one was really answering or, or helping me. I wanted extra pillows. I wanted to be propped up. I didn't want to be laying on my back. A lot of little things you learn when you go through classes for childbirth. And it, it just, it, it felt like it was falling on dead ears. And then the, the doctor came, uh, my, my OB. So it was nice to have her there because I had all my appointments with her and I knew her for so long. And she knew my path. She knew that we did hypnobirthing. So she, and she was completely on board, which was awesome. Uh, so my, my son was crowning. He was ready to go. And she's like, okay, we could be here for five minutes or we could be here for an hour. It's up to you. And I was like, okay, five minutes, okay, <laughs> let's push. And I just, I gave it my all and I pushed. And one of my biggest fears, which we help you learn through the hypnosis classes was that I would tear. And you know what, that's a big fear for a lot of women. And it was actually the most relaxing, releasing feeling when he actually, when I was able to push and he came out and it was just like, it actually felt, it, it felt really good to and I did I mean I did tear but I was able to manage everything so much that I felt like I was doing all the work and everybody was just kind of looking at me and I thought about this I'm like man I could have been at home I could have done this at home and it was so it was empowering and it was just I, I felt like I took my power back and I really did something miraculous and the people in the hospital were talking about it because they know my mom, they know my sister and they were just like, wow, you know, a natural birth. We haven't seen one in a long time. It was her first birth. She's this age, you know, she had this awesome birth and it was kind of jarring for them. It was kind of like an anomaly. And I'm like, why am I an anomaly? This should be standard. This should be how 95% of births are because 95% of births are not complicated. There's really only five births that require a cesarean section. So that made me start thinking. Um, I wrote my testimonial for the birth and then I started thinking about this. My husband was like, you did great. You could teach other women how to do this. Like, wow, you know what, I really could. And I knew because we were late bloomers, I wasn't gonna have this big family of nine, nine children. So I decided to, you know, just go for it. Let's just, let's get certified. So I got certified as a Blissborn hypnosis coach. And um, our, we were, you know, we definitely wanted to have two children. So the second born, my son, he came quicker than we thought. <laughs> so my children are 19 months apart. So as soon as he turned one, uh, pregnant with the next one. And um, 
on a side note, not just talking about childbirth, but talking about fertility, which all goes hand in hand. Um, I used spiritual fertility with both children. I didn't know what to call it. I didn't know really what it was, but I did all my research after and I figured out that I was using, I was connecting with the, um, <clears throat> the essence and the spirit of my spirit babies before they came through. I was communicating with them. I would have these little things popping in my head, colors, um, communication, signs. What is this? This is awesome. But like, what, what, do, what do I call this? And I realized that I was having spiritual connections with my, with my kids. So that launched me on the other part of my path, which is spiritual coaching, which I'll, I'll talk about that later. But um, the second born, he was definitely interesting. So he was also um, a hypnobirth baby, obviously, once, you, once the first one's um, through. I just knew I could do it again um, in a heartbeat, so I did. And we ended up um, considering a home birth. And I talked with my mentors, with the Blissborn um, company, uh, the Blissborn hypnosis for birth, and they said, you know, you can do it. I mean, look at your first birth. You can totally do it. Um, of course, I'm considered high risk because I'm over 35, but I never felt high risk. And I always felt like I could do it just because of all the practice and the training. So I ended up finding a midwife. We scheduled our home birth. And um, I was getting like a water tub for free. My um, mentor is the, um, she lives in, in Boca Raton, Florida, five minutes away from where I live. She said she would be there for the birth. So I didn't have to have a doula. Um, I, although my husband was my doula for sure in both births. And um, it just seemed like everything was flawless. And then eight months rolled around and he decided to come early. So my, my son came at 34 weeks and six days. So basically that morning um, I woke up and I just, I didn't really, I didn't feel right. I was having a lot of diarrhea, which it happens, you know, we're talking about birth. So some things are uncomfortable to listen to, but it is what it is. I was having a lot. Uh, which now that I look back on it, I was releasing everything so I could have the baby. I didn't realize that at the time, but that's one of the side effects um, of labor. So I woke up um, at around 4.30 and my water broke, but it was definitely like a trickle. So it didn't feel like my water was breaking. I knew I wasn't peeing, but it, was, it, was def it wasn't my, it just wasn't like first birth, which was like a flood. And then I went to the bathroom. I woke up my husband. He's like, oh, we're... It's, it, he's, he's like a month away. No, just go back to bed. So we went back to bed and then the contraction started. And that's when I knew something was happening. Texted my midwife and legally she can't do anything 37 weeks um, before. So she can get involved in my birth between 37 weeks and 40 weeks, which is a, crazy law, but it is what it is. So I had to get through that. And just, she, she was like, you have to go to the hospital. I can't do anything for you. All right, let's get, let's do this again. And my dreams of having this like beautiful home birth with the water tub and the fairy lights twinkling in the back and just like <laughs> everything, la la la, love, love, lovely. And, you know, pushing out another baby, just like I did the first one that was going down the drain. 
for lack of a better term. So, you know, started getting ready, trying to get ready. We, we didn't have anything prepared. My son was 19 months, so we had to get him settled. Um, the dog needed to get settled, all this stuff. And as I was walking from the bathroom, walking towards the door, to go out the door, to go into the car, to get to the hospital, I started to transition. And I was like, oh my goodness, it hasn't even been like not even two hours. So yeah, maybe these, these babies come out of me like bullets. But that's actually a part of this training that we do. Um, a good way of, of knowing that the Blissborn training works, 85% of the women that go through Blissborn, hypnosis for birth, they actually have their babies under five hours. So five hours or less, and that's 85%. And I'm definitely in that 85%. So I was able to really um, use the, everything that I learned. So as I got to the door, I couldn't make it. I started, I just got on my hands and knees. And my husband was like, are we going to the hospital? I'm like, no. <laughs> He's like, should I call 911? I was like, yes. And all I could do is the one word answers because I was still trying to go back into hypnosis. We teach you how to go in and out. So I was able to pop out of hypnosis, answer him, and go right back to hypnosis, self-hypnosis. I'm on my hands and knees. He gets on the phone with 911. And they connect us to the fire department. And the woman's on the phone with him. She's like, well, it looks like you're delivering the baby. So he's, he got into his mode. And he, as um, a partner in the hypnosis, we teach you how, we teach the partner how to get involved in the birth and handle anything and react to anything. So he was getting the towels and washing his hands and listening to her and taking care of my son. And he was doing all the stuff that needed to be done while I was deep, deep, deep into hypnosis. So we got, um, she got on the phone with him and he was, you know, checking me and then he saw that I was crowning and she's like, oh, I see hair. <laughs> And then, like, right after that, I, I gave birth. And it was at our house, on my hands and knees, right in front of the door, while we were waiting for the paramedics to walk into the door. Um, and all of this was actually captured on the 911 call. So my, my baby was born in March. And in June, for Father's Day, I was able to get that call and present it to my husband as a gift for Father's Day, which was awesome because, you know, our, our birth is recorded on a 911 call. Like how often does that happen? I don't know how often, but um, I was just ha so happy that it was recorded. <clears throat> so we actually made it into a YouTube um, video, <clears throat> just the audio, you know, and, you, and I, I like the fact that you can hear everything and you do hear me but you hear how natural and normal birth is supposed to sound. It was just a couple moans and then you don't hear anything and then the baby's born and we didn't dub anything. We didn't do anything. The audio is as it is. And I can, I can actually use that in my classes uh, when I train women how to do this. So just amazing births, um, not because I, uh, you know, not because I am special, because I don't think I'm special. I think I'm just like every other woman. I just put the work in. I just, I worked at it. And I had these beautiful examples of my grandmothers giving births on the island, home births. And I just kind of took that and ran with it. And I, I really, I want to help other women. You know, we're done. We're two and through. 
I, I could definitely have a baby every other year because my body can do it. And I'm like, let's go. Cause it's just this ultra amazing, take your power back, connecting to like the energy of the earth and of mother earth coming through you. You're populating the planet. I just, you know, it's like women power to the max, but yeah, I'm also 41 years old. Age doesn't really matter, but yeah, we're done. So how do I use this new superpower? I share it with the world. So this is my, this is, this is what I do now. I'm a hypnosis um, coach and I do classes online for, for families and for partners and I help them. The, some people think, okay, an, an online class versus an in-person class, it's hypnosis, does it, does it transfer? It completely transfers. So my, my clients, have, are they having the same success that they would have if they were doing a live class? So that's very, very important. And I just am so happy that, you know, I, I was able to really tap into the secrets of birth. So what is birth really about? Um, you know, this is, this is what your, your podcast is about. This is so important. Birth is about taking what society has told you about birth. So the movies and the TV shows and all the things that show you a woman screaming and she's completely uncontrollable and taking that and taking it out of your subconscious mind and then reprogramming success and strength and power and resilience and surrender and allowing reprogramming all of that into your subconscious mind using affirmations using um, triggers positive triggers that we use in class uh, we have ways of dealing with um, like pain management we stimulate fake pain in class uh, using a clothespin and that's our signature of, um, with this born and really getting deep down into what birth is all about so that we can have a successful birth there's there's a lot of things that that go on during birth but the biggest thing that happens during birth is that labor is happening in between the ears it's not happening in between the legs you are doing everything with your mind and with your subconscious so if you haven't done the work ahead of time and you want to have this beautiful wonderful birth your subconscious your subconscious mind is not going to let you it's going to look at you and be like okay we didn't deprogram that movie you watched when you were 14 years old which freaked you out about birth that's still stuck in your subconscious mind so that's how you think your birth is, is going to go unconsciously. So you have to get in there, clean that up, scrub it out, reprogram everything. And then you're going to have these, these amazing stories that you can share with other people. So that's it. it this is what I'm doing now. It's, it's amazing. Um, it's my passion. And you can tell, cause I just, I mean, I could talk about this for hours, but we don't have that much time, but I really love it. Um, and I'm, I'm so excited to share it with, with other people. The, um, the women of color, uh, it's very important that we tap into our strengths. Uh, we have a lot of women that are uh, for the, just, they feel like their power has been taken away. And when you look globally at all of the women of color uh, in Africa and in other 
um, areas of the world, there's a lot of suppression. And I've done a lot of research on this. The darkest pigmentation, the darkest skin, has the most answers in the DNA. Secrets about how our planet evolved, secrets about what really happened and the truth of our world. And we have to tap into that. And it's, it's our birthright to tap into that. And it's really about getting quiet and going in and really understanding who we are as a society and that we have the blood of Zulu, the Zulu tribe and um, the tribes of Africa that are just epic. That blood courses through our veins and we have bloods from, from kings and queens and we need to tap back into that. Um, a lot of people shifted their consciousness after watching Black Panther. And, you know, that was just a movie, but it was a, a really strong movie about Black power and Black royalty. And we have to tap back into that. And you can only find it when you get quiet and you tap into your subconscious mind, whether it's through hypnosis or meditation um, or whatever modality works for you. But it's really important to tap into that because that is what we're here for. Um, and so I wanted to talk about spiritual fertility just a little bit as well. Uh, spiritual fertility for me, um, it was very deep uh, because it, it, hits, it, ho it hit home so much. Uh, I did a past life regression before we had our son and I was able to go to a past life where I was in um, Atlantis, the lost city of Atlantis, uh, which actually does exist or ex existed. And uh, my niece in this life was my daughter in that life. And my son in that life was my son in this life. But I couldn't see his face and I couldn't connect with him because I, he wasn't even conceived yet. But once, as soon as um, we found out we were pregnant, that whole story came like flooding back to me. And I had the sense that he was coming back into this life with me. And that is the essence of spiritual fertility. It's connecting to all of the past. It's connecting to your spirit baby that already exists. Uh, a lot of women use, um, certain modalities uh, to get pregnant. And all of those are really good, but they're all very scientific and they're all very physical. And when all is said and done, you need a soul, you need a spirit to animate the baby that's coming through. You might as well go to the source and you might as well connect with that baby now and start communicating with them. Um, I am very intuitive, um, borderline psychic, but you know, psychic has that trigger of, of woo-woo, which a lot of people don't really trust, um, especially um, from a, if you're from a religious background. So I, and I am from a religious background, I was raised uh, Christian. So I understand, but you know, let's go back to the basics and let's go back to history spiritual fertility is in the Bible all over the place. Um, Isaac and uh, Isaac was born to uh, Sarah and Abraham. Uh, if you understand the, the stories from the Bible. Um, and also, you know, of course, the epic story of Jesus and Mother Mary, uh, Archangel Gabriel coming to them, John the Baptist. So a lot of what 
spiritual fertility is all about. It is ingrained in our history. And no matter what type of pregnancy you have, spiritual fertility is happening, whether you're conscious and you know about it or not. Uh, you have to go through these certain uh, steps that I teach in my, in my coaching classes. So I just lay it out for people. I connect intuitively to the spirit baby. I help out with mis miscarriages because those are very um, hard to process on a human level. So I'm explaining what's happening on a spiritual level to women. Some people have secondary infertility where they have their firstborn, but then their secondborn um, is just, it's hard for the secondborn to connect. So we go through all of these things and we process them. And I, I'm able to, I've created a whole package and I can do personalized packages for people. So it's very important to go deep, go deep. That's where, the that's where all the answers are. And if you don't go deep and you stay at the surface, you're never gonna get your results. Your results are found in the subconscious mind. They're found through meditation. They're found through your inner world. When you focus on your inner world, you are unshakable. But when you focus on the outer world and what's going on in our world today, if something happens, it's detrimental to your life and you have no control. So it's always important to stay in that inner world. Um, so my shameless plug is uh, <laughs> my website from fertility to delivery. That's my business uh, com, And I have a social media presence on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. And I'm trying to get more YouTube videos out there, but you know, it's hard. I, my son is seven months right now and our two and a half year old is in uh, daycare. They were on a really tight ship and we've, we're very proud of with what they're doing even during like the pandemic. So we've been very fortunate, nothing, no issues. Uh, and he's, he flourishes in that environment. But um, I'm definitely here for anyone to reach out to me, to connect with me and I'm here to help anyone that has any sort of questions about pregnancy, labor, delivery, postpartum. I'm here to help. Perfect. All of that will go in the show notes as another way to make sure people tap into it. But um, wanting to just reflect on, on your birth shares um, and just no fear. Um, when we're able to really, like you said, tap into our inner selves, there is no fear of birth. And, um, you know, as you mentioned, our, what we see every day in society about, I mean, I think we are finding our, uh, a place now where that's shifting about what birth can feel and look like, but a majority, a majority of, it of, of it is um, almost like scare tactics of this <laughs> event that happens. Um, so then people do, if they, if they haven't done the work, if they haven't done the research, if they haven't prepared, um, whether they know it or not, it's sitting with them and they take that into their birth. And, um, you know, I loved when you were describing um, pushing your son out. Like, it's just, and like, um, when people hear that, there's like, there's no way, it's the ring of fire. It's supposed to be this like horrible thing. But it's like, when you have connected with yourself, with your body, with your baby, it is, it is like euphoric kind of to like feel that release like yes leave <laughs> yeah. 
Yes, I'm ready for you to come earthbound. <laughs> That's true. And because I have the spiritual side of it too, which I also teach, uh, which a lot of people are open to, uh, when, when you're pregnant, you're very, very psychic. Uh, you're almost shamanistic. So you're connecting with your baby. And babies, are their first language is tele- um, telepathy. So they are speaking through the mind and then they come to earth and they have to learn English and they have to learn a language and sound. And that is really the lowest form of communication. Telepathy is the highest form because there's no um, confusion. So I, I do teach that in my classes and I, I did that with my children. I told them, okay, you stay small so I could push you out. And then once you're earthside, I will feed you as much as possible and you're going to grow like extremely fast. And we have this like telepathic conversation. Of course, babies can hear you after 23 weeks. So you could say it out loud, whatever you want to do. But they both did. My first son was uh, six pounds, five ounces. And my second son, who was a preemie, he was five pounds, 13 ounces. And they're both in the 90 percentile, their first year of, of weight. And I did breastfeed for a year with my first son, still breastfeeding with the second. And that's another thing, the hypnosis for birth, it really, it, it comes into everything in your life. So breastfeeding is not easy for a lot of people. You have to get through those first couple months. And I used hypnosis to get through those challenging times and it really helped. So there's, there's so many little things, um, but I, I'm glad that you caught on to what I was saying about the fear. Cause I, there's so much fear and just, it needs to be eradicated. And we do that in our postpartum classes. And it's, that is the most important part of any hypnobirthing class. If you're in a hypnobirthing class and, and they're, they're not talking about the fear of birth, it's not deep enough. Your stories were very powerful. Um, Thank you. <laughs> I hope that our listeners really are able to tap in to what you're saying um, and that they use the tools within themselves as well as the resources as in someone like you, Dana. Um, or even working with doulas that are already hypnobirthing trained or mm-hmm. familiar, right? Mm-hmm. Um, everything you said is <clears throat> spot on. And I do want you to go back a little bit to help us with um, filling in the gaps with your postpartum, how things were after um, you had both your babies, especially your little preemie. Yes, yes. Postpartum is so important. It's the fourth trimester and a lot of um, folks call it that. And I think we as a society, we don't really focus on postpartum as much as we should. You know, you look at other uh, countries like China and some other countries and they give 40 days for the, the mother to just really like recoup. And in the Western hemisphere, we are like, okay, six weeks go back to work. <laughs> like, really? I don't think so. So for both births, um, I had the three months off um, the, the, mass, the max that I could take for um, my postpartum, which is the fourth trimester, three months of after the baby's here. Postpartum for me was definitely up and down. Um, I, the up side of it was that, thank God I have my sister. She's two and a half years older than me. She was able, she had two births. Um, my nieces are like 11 and uh, 14. So she was able to, and she did all of this on her own in New Jersey. So she had all of this great advice for me. So I was like, oh, thank you. 
um, you know, pumping ahead, pumping right at the beginning so you can get the milk in and, and make sure that the breastfeeding part is, is really there. Um, you know, putting the baby on a schedule. Uh, so our firstborn son, because he wasn't a preemie, we started right after two weeks. We put him on a very strong schedule. Um, the book that we used is um, the uh, Gina Ford's The Contented Baby book. And it is pretty, it's pretty rigorous. But I think the schedule from a postpartum perspective, it really helped because after a while, the baby just gets used to a schedule and babies thrive on schedules. So it's the best thing to put them on. So she, uh, my, my sister had her baby on the schedule after three months and it saved her. She was like, you're doing this. <laughs> so I was like, okay, I'll do it too. Um, when, with my first son, the the postpartum part of it was easier because my parents were in town. Um, my, my husband's parents came down from Canada to help out. Um, my sister was in town to help and we didn't, we weren't locked down. So for me, it was like, okay, you know, I have people coming over to help and cook and this and that, and this was good. And then the pen, we had our, uh, we had uh, our second born son the week before the lockdown. He came March 13th. So, I mean, I felt kind of like I was locked down with the whole world. So I was like, all right, everybody else has to stay home because I have to stay home with, with my baby, which is fine. Uh, but then, you know, where's the help? And my sister's a nurse. So she was working on the COVID floor at work. And for her to come, we didn't really know how it was. She would come to our house wearing a mask. You know, it was, it was weird. Um, I definitely had the rigors of postpartum depression uh, with both births. It wasn't deep because I took all of the uh, power that I had from giving birth without any meds, um, both under like one was three hours long, one was two hours long. So for me, that gave me a lot of strength to be like, okay, I got this. If I could do birth like that, I could do motherhood like this. So um, that was another beautiful factor, but I still had those moments. Um, and I think they really just come from a lack of sleep. Um, you know, with, with breastfeeding, you are the source of nourishment for the baby. So the, you know, no, I was still, I was pumping, but I, I, I still wanted to get those feeds in. So I didn't really rely on someone else to bottle feed the baby. Um, my husband did one bottle feed, but I, it was just, it was me, you know, and that's, that's it's really tough. Um, so in our Blissborn class, uh, we've evolved it to include postpartum. And we have some hypnosis that go, that helps you through those those stages. I also created a breastfeeding meditation, which I have on my YouTube channel, and um, and I also have like a, a really easy six ingredient lactation cookie recipe. Uh, when it comes to the breastfeeding breastfeeding side of it and really mastering it. Uh, there's a lot of little things that will help you. Your diet, getting enough sleep, because when you sleep, that's when the milk comes in. So you can't really, you, you really do have to sleep when the baby sleeps when you can, um, and just rely on on help and have like a good um, core connection with with people helping you. Uh, it is hard during a pandemic when people can't come to help you because um, they're scared of of transferring the virus or you know you, you don't have this this village helping you um and when you don't have the village helping you you have to rely on virtual village so 
getting on Zoom calls with our friends. We do that at least uh, once every other week. That really helps. Um, talking to people over the phone. Uh, there's a company that does um, breastfeeding. Uh, I can't remember the name of it right now, but I'll give it to you guys. Um, I'll email it to you. They help out with um, the, the breastfeeding and postpartum aspects and all of their services are free. So my friend gave that information to me and I was able to use it. Uh, so there's a lot of little things out there. You just have to tap into it. But yeah, postpartum, it's it's definitely not easy, especially the first three months. Uh, but you, re you rely on the pediatrician, you rely on the lactation consultant, and you just you just get through it. But you really, when all is said and done, you have to rely on yourself. That's just how the landscape of today's society is. And having a really empowering birth, that's where it begins. You have that empowering birth, and then you take all of that juicy good, take your power back, I am woman, hear me roar. You take all of that into your, your postpartum, and you know you can do it. You can get up and do that feed, especially with two kids. Like two kids felt like 10 kids. One, can, one kid felt like one kid, but two kids, and two under two for three months. I was like, what? But we did it. You know, we just, we just got through it. And after a while, when things started to settle, right around four or five months after we had the baby, my sister got a handle for, you know, what was going on. She was able to take the kids for a weekend. Um, and she has two older kids. So it was like easy for her. They were like helping and it was awesome. So it ended up becoming better, but it, it could be devastating if you don't, um, do the right things. Well, is there anything else that you would like to share with our listeners? Resources, advice, anything else from your birth? Well, yeah, uh, blissborn.com is the company that um, is the hypnobirthing company. I think they have a, a beautiful website, amazing resources. So if you're on the fence about using hypnosis for birth, if you don't think that you can do it, go ahead and read through those testimonials. It's, it's just amazing to hear what women are capable of. And then also um, my resources, I have a good amount of videos online. Um, my classes are online. I have a virtual class each month for, um, for women that are pregnant. It's good to take it after 30 weeks because it's just, it's something that you want to practice over and over again. Um, <clears throat> but you don't want to practice your whole pregnancy. So after 30 weeks, it's a good idea to connect. So again, my website from fertility to delivery.com. And um, the if, if you're unable to take the live classes, I do have a a way for us to do classes at your convenience. So I'm very flexible. Um, and then we have phone conversations or Zoom calls to follow up with the actual classes. Um, and I, you know, make sure that your partner's involved. If your partner is a doula or your mom or your husband, it could be anyone, they're involved in your birth as well. So you have that support. Um, and the last thing I want to make sure people know is that it's it's so important to don't underestimate your strength you could be this amazing yogi fitness amazing marathon runner woman um, and you want to birth like an amazon lady but you don't do the subconscious work and your birth may end up like you don't want it you could be the most timid, most shy, most quiet person. 
um, and you don't believe in your body and you don't believe in that you can have this baby, but you take the class and you have the courage to just, you know, actually learn about childbirth in a hypnosis class and you could rock your birth. So don't give up on yourself, you know, tap into those beautiful gifts that we were built with all women, <clears throat> unless you're in the 5% that have complications. And I'm, you know, I always bring that up because it's all about the health of the baby and the health of the mommy, but 95% of women are complication free and they can, you can do it. We are built to give birth. We are the only gender on the planet that can procreate and populate the planet. And that's a big, big gift from the universe and from God. And it's okay to accept that gift as your reality and move forward. Don't let anyone take your power from you. Take your power back and have the birth that you want to have. Because when all is said and done, you're the one that called the shots in that labor and delivery environment. Um, and you, you really have to, you just have to believe in yourself. I believe in all my clients and I believe that I transfer my uh, gung-ho excited um, nature and all my energy. I transfer that to you in my classes. And that's, that's the gift of, um, of this career. And I'm just, I'm just so blessed. I'm honored and I'm humbled to help any woman out there. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, my yes. pleasure. Thank you so much, Laurel and Danielle. It's just such a pleasure to be on, on your podcast. I really appreciate this. listening to Birth Stories in Color. To hear this show and other episodes, head to birthstoriesincolor.com. 